Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you will learn the world is not what it seems, and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today's episode will be a short one. Uh, it's, going, it's about the fact that we're all multidimensional and we're continually impacted by our probable selves. So there's a lot more to us than just the focused personalities we present to the world every day. I'll start with a couple of paragraphs that Jane Roberts tuned into herself without the aid of Seth. And what wasn't the Seth personality taking over, it was just Jane tuning into certain material. She did that quite often. After those few paragraphs, I will turn to a couple of practice elements recommended by the entity Seth uh, in order for us to better appreciate our probable selves. Here is the material Jane tuned into. What we know of the species can be compared to what we know about ourselves as individuals. In one way, both concepts are on the same level and deal with realities in consecutive time sequences. The individual, like the species, exi exists in multidimensional terms and hovers around focuses of probabilities, weaving in and out of alternate realities constantly. So she's making the point there that we are all continually affected by what's happening in the uh, worlds of our probable selves. And this is one factor that uh, makes us multidimensional beyond the one focus personality that we call ourselves. It goes on. A photograph of a given person represents one experienced probable identity focused in a recognized time sequence. Its validity is dependent upon the other invisible snapshots not taken. Even as the given notes that make up a symphony are important because of the implied notes not actually used. In the same way, a picture of the species represents only one version of the species, snapped, so to speak, in a particular time sequence, valid because of the invisible realities that are not focused upon, but upon which reality rides. So what she's telling us is that the reality that we experience, what we call real, that rides upon many other realities that we do not see realities that are experienced by probable versions of ourselves. All right, now I'm going to turn to uh, some of the practice elements uh, that Seth recommended at that time. So here is Seth on that subject. I'd like uh, each of you to try ex certain exercises. First of all, take any incident that happens to you the day you read this page. I'm reading from a book, of course. See the particular chosen event as one that came into your experience from the vast bank of other probable events that could have occurred. Examine the event as you know it, then try to trace its emergence from the thread of your own past life as you understand it 
and project outward in your mind what other events might emerge from that one to become action in your probable future. This exercise has another part. When you have finished the procedure just given, then change your viewpoint. See the event from the standpoint of someone else who's involved. No matter how private the experience seems, there's someone else will always have a connection with it. See the episode through his or her eyes and then continue with the procedure just given, only using this altered viewpoint of someone else. No one can do this exercise for you, but the subjective results can be most astonishing. Aspects of the event that did not appear before may be suddenly apparent. The dimensions of the event will be experienced more fully. Okay, here's a uh, second practice element. For the second exercise, take a photograph of yourself and place it before you. The picture can be from the past or the present, but try to see it as a snapshot of a self poised in perfect focus, emerging from an underneath dimension in which other probable pictures could have been taken. That self, you see, emerges triumphantly, unique and unassailable in its own experience. Yet in the features you see before you, in this stance, this posture, this expression, there are also glimmerings, tintings or shadings that are echoes belonging to other probabilities. Try to sense those. Well, that's pretty intriguing. You try to sense in your present self that you are right now, perhaps. You try to sense the other probable selves that might in some way be affecting how you address the world, your expression of yourself, your posture, perhaps the way you're viewing things. Maybe there are probable selves who view things differently than you do. Here's another exercise. Take another photograph of yourself at a different age than the first one you chose. Ask yourself simply, am I looking at the same person? How familiar or how strange is the second photograph? How does it differ from the first one you picked recently? What similarities are there that unite both photographs in your mind? What experience or experiences did you have when each photograph was taken? What ways did you think of following in one picture that were not followed in the other? Those directions were pursued. If they were not pursued by the self you recognize, then they were pursued by a self that's probable in your terms. In your mind, follow what directions that self would have taken as you think of such events. If you find a line of development that you now wish you had pursued, but had not, then think deeply about the ways in which those activities could now fit into the framework of your officially accepted life. Such musings with desire, backed up by common sense, can bring about intersection points and probabilities that cause a fresh realignment of the deep elements of the psyche. In such ways, probable events can be attracted to your current living structure. So, in a sense, he's saying we can invite other probabilities to become uh, more aware in our present consciousness. And by doing so, we might be more affected by those probabilities. Seth then went on, he said, We have been speaking about probable men 
and do not intend to deal more deeply with probable man or woman as that is applied to your species. The events of the species begin with the individual, however. All of the powers, abilities, and characteristics inherent in the species are inherent in any individual member of it. Through understanding your own unknown reality, therefore, you can learn much about the unknown reality of the species. You know, when you think about that, you can think about it positively or negatively. Uh, sure, you might have a whole lot of positive characteristics that you aren't aware of. But at the same time, when we think of the characteristics of, let's say, the members of Hamas that are committing atrocities right now, when you think of that, you don't want to have those characteristics. So again, we go back to that basic concept we're all focus mechanisms. We experience what we choose to experience by focusing on it. And now to the last element, the last uh, practice session. Choose another photograph. I want you to look at this one differently. You, this should also be a photograph of yourself. See this one picture of yourself as a representative of your species in a particular space and time. Look at it as you might look at a photograph of an animal in its environment. If the photograph shows you in a room, for example, then think of the room as a, per, uh, a peculiar kind of environment, as natural as the woods. See your person's picture in this way. How does it merge or stand apart from the other elements in the photograph? See these other elements as characteristics of the image. View them as extended features that belong to you. If the photograph is dark, for example, and shows shadows, then in this exercise, see those as belonging to the self in, those picture, in that picture. Imaginatively, examine your image from the viewpoint of another place in the photograph. See how the image can be seen as a part of the overall pattern of the environment, the room, or furniture, or yard, or whatever. When you see a picture of an animal in its environment, you often make connections that you do not make when you see a picture of a human being in his or her environment. Yet each location is as unique as the habitat of any animal, as private, as shared, as significant in terms of the individual and the species of which that individual is a part. Simply to stretch your imagination, when you look at your photograph, imagine that you are a representative of a species caught there in just that particular pose. And, and that the frame of the photograph represents now a cage of time. You from the outside looking down at the photograph are now outside of that cage of time in which your specimen was placed. That specimen, that individual, that you, represents not only yourself, but one aspect of your species. If you hold that feeling, then the element of time becomes as real as any of the other objects within the photograph. Though unseen, time is the frame. Now look up. The picture of the photograph is but one small object in the entire range of your vision. You are not only outside yourself in the photograph, but now it represents only a small portion of your reality. Yet the photograph remains inviolate within its own framework. 
you cannot alter the position of one object within it. If you destroy the photograph itself, you can in no way destroy the reality that was behind it. You cannot, for instance, kill the tree that may be depicted in the picture. The person within the photograph is beyond your reach. The you that you are can make any changes you want to in your experience. You can change probabilities for your own purposes. But you cannot change the courses of other probable selves that have gone their own ways. All probable selves are connected. They each influence one another. There's a natural interaction, but no coercion. Each probable self has its own free will and uniqueness. You can change your own experience and the probability you know, which itself rides upon infinite other probabilities. You can bring into your own experience any number of probable events, but you cannot deny the probable experience of another portion of your reality. That is, you cannot annihilate it. As you are looking at one photograph in your personal history, that represents your emergence in this particular reality, or the reality that was accepted as official at the time it was taken. So you are looking at a picture of a representative of your species, caught in a particular moment of probability. That species has as many offshoots and developments as you have privately. I'll repeat that. That species has as many offshoots and developments <coughs> as you have privately. As there are probable selves in private terms, there are probable selves in terms of the species. As you have, as you have your recognized, official, personal past, so in your system of actuality, you have more or less accepted an official mass history. Under examination, however, that history of the species shows many gaps and discrepancies, and it leaves many questions to be answered. So that's something to think about, especially in this time of wars and so much violence and anxiety and all that goes with it. We can think about our mass history and all of the wars that have preceded us, but Seth's point there is that there are many other histories just as valid. Some of them might, involve, might have involved different wars, perhaps even no wars at all. But you don't have to think about it just in terms of war. You can think about it in terms of what has been invented or discovered. As I mentioned in a recent episode, for example, there might be a probable past in which electricity was not discovered or discovered at a different time in our history. And the whole concept of, a, uh, of flight in a heavier-than-air machine, that might have happened earlier, later, or not at all. There might even be a history where slavery was never brought to the United States or perhaps never existed anywhere on the globe. You might take some time to stretch your imagination and think about the different probable histories that we might have but that we don't recognize. 
And with that, I'll end today's session. And once again, I'm Dan McEnany bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.